Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. It is Friday, December 8th. My name is Faraz Siddiqui. I appreciate you uh, listening to this. Hopefully you keep listening. Hopefully you didn't hear that and be like, this guy's a, a loser. I'm going to get out of here. <laughs> so anyway, so I'm going to get into the uh, starts for this week. Starts, desperate starts, temper expectation and sits, just like I normally do um, this time of week. Um, hopefully yesterday you, d- you didn't have Alvin Kamara. Um, hopefully you were going up against Alvin Kamara. And if you did have Alvin Kamara, I'm sorry. I mean, that's tough. Losing that guy in the first, you know, on the first series to a concussion, him not returning... Man, I, I can't even imagine. I'm, you know, all you can do is just hope that the rest of your team uh, really comes through on Sunday, uh, and you know that's really all you can do. And you know, if you had a first round bye, you're 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 kind of thinking like, oh man, I really dodged a bullet there, and, and you did. You know, Kamara, since he had sustained a concussion on a Thursday, you know, there's a you know a much better chance for him to you know pass through the concussion protocol and be ready by uh, week 15. So, uh, if you had to buy this week, consider yourself lucky. Consider yourself having dodged a bullet there. Like I said, if you had Kamara, there's nothing you can do. You can't protect these injuries. Uh, just you know, hope that your team comes through. Okay, so uh, running back starts. I, you know, I prepared this yesterday before the Thursday game and Devontae Freeman was there. And that's obviously very easy to say today since he did well last night. <laughs> but, uh, you know, what I was going to say is that you have to be encouraged, uh, you know, by how, how well Freeman ran against Minnesota last week against a tough rush defense. He did a pretty good job last night as well. You know, they had, you know, control of that game as far as, you know, it being close. So Freeman was able to take advantage of that game script and just, you know, keep toting the rock and he, he got into the end zone which is great so you know i would be much more confident in freeman going forward as well anyway i mean i'm not going to talk about freeman uh you know why he's a good start against the saints because they already played so um <laughs> anyway so i mean and this is all up on upperhandfantasy.com by the way as a you know start sit article so if you don't want to listen to this you can also read the article as well uh but you know I, i'm going to go through the whole thing anyway so Dion lewis rex burkhead are the other uh some other running back starts for this week you know i would start both of these guys uh in a good matchup against the dolphins patriots are favored by 11 points uh, Deion Lewis, he's had 14 plus carries in four of the last five games. He's getting some work in the passing game as well. Rex is getting touches in both the run and pass game. Um, you know, he's getting some goal line works and on a good offense. I'm trusting both of these guys this week. They've been getting it done. So there's no reason why, uh, you know, I would go away from them. Uh, Theo Riddick, you know, if Amir Abdullah misses this week, Riddick, he dominated the backfield snap share last week with Abdullah out. So if he misses again, you know, I would be open to playing Riddick in PPR leagues only against Tampa Bay. Um, you know, they're 22nd DVOA against pass catching running back, so it's a good matchup. Okay, Peyton Barber. Now, I'm only starting Pey- Peyton Barber if he's declared the starter. You know, if we get some news out of uh, Tampa Bay. A, you know, a bunch of us picked up Barber last week, including myself, um, you know, because of that upside of him winning the starting job 
a starting running back job after what he did last week. But we have to wait and find out if he, in fact, will be the starter this week. If he's announced the starter, uh, this is a great matchup to start him in, and I would. The Lions, they've been terrible against running backs lately. They've given up at least one rushing touchdown in almost every game this year. I was going through the game script, and I actually stopped counting backwards towards the beginning of the year because it's enough to know how much they've been giving up lately. Uh, you know, I'm not confident in Doug Martin. You know, uh, he has made it out of the concussion protocol. He's back in, at practice, you know, but I'm not confident in Doug Martin if he's the guy to continue, uh, you know, that trend against Detroit. He's been terrible this year, so it's hard for me to trust him during the fantasy playoffs. Um, but Peyton Barber's performance last week, it now lets us know that the lack of production in the backfield wasn't just a product of the offensive line. It was also a product of Doug Martin, you know, not creating for himself. Okay, so Gio Bernard, so Joe Mixon, he's probably going to be out this week. Um, he missed practice Friday, so you know the chances are very low, and he probably will not play. So I'm pretty confident in Gio this week. Um, last week, after Gio, after Joe Mixon went down with the concussion on Monday Night Football, Gio came in and played on every subsequent snap. Brian Hill was the other only active running back, and he didn't see the field once. And with you know with t- those touches that Bernard got, got he played very well uh, in place of Mixon last week. He was ripping off some chunk gains on early downs. Um, he you know his expertise is catching the football as well, so it makes him a very safe play next week as he'll be involved in both aspects of the game. Uh, Bernard's only thirty one hundred dollars on DraftKings this week as well. Just to, just wanted to point that out. Um, you know obviously expect him to be the chalk this week, but he'll be a must play uh, because of his price to touch ratio. Uh, I expect Bernard to get close to 20 touches this week, uh, and he should have a good day, especially in PPR leagues. Okay, uh, Mike Davis. I'm okay starting Davis, um, you know, even in this tough matchup against Jacksonville, and that's because he's involved in the passing game. He should get enough touches in both the run and pass game to salvage some fantasy production. Um, you know, he played on the vast majority of snaps last week. He played even on, he even played on third down, which we thought was McKissick's role, uh, but it doesn't seem to be the case. So we should expect something similar this week. Um, you know, Davis, he's a bruising back, so it's possible he wears down some of those defenders by the second half, you know, assuming this game stays close. So, you know, the Jags traded for Marcel Darius, and... He he's definitely helped out Jacksonville's rushing defense, but you know if you look at how running backs fared against um, Jacksonville lately, Frank Gore, Marlon Mack, they still had some success against them uh, last week. Adrian Peterson had some success the week prior, uh, so you know it's not a matchup I'm necessarily really trying to stay away from. Okay, uh, Jerk McKinnon. I'm going to start McKinnon over Latavius Murray this week, personally. You know, they've both been getting touches, and Murray has been doing great. Um, You know, he was going against a couple of uh, softer rushing defenses, and, you know, he's the preferred goal line guy. But this week, they're going up against Carolina. Carolina's a tougher matchup when it comes to running the ball. Um, They're fifth best DVOA against the run. Um, And when you compare it to defending pass-catching running backs, they're 16th best DVOA. So, you know, and that's what what McKinnon's best at. So since this game is in Carolina, I would expect the game to be a bit more competitive. Um, You know, and the Vikings not just completely taking control. So I think there's going to be a need to mix in McKinnon on some screens and some checkdowns. So Ingram, you know, Kamara, they combined for 13 catches against Carolina last week. So if McKinnon can get like half of that, you should be looking at a decent day from him, especially in PPR. Okay, Isaiah Crowell. 
He's not a must-start, but I'm okay starting him this week. Josh Gordon, you know, he's in the fold now. This offense, you know, definitely takes a step forward uh, with Gordon in the fold. So, you know, the Browns, they have a better chance of moving the ball without the Packers' uh, perimeter corners potentially playing in this game. Um, You know, so uh, the backups are going to be in on the perimeter. The Packers can be run on as well. and outside of the game against the Jaguars, Corell and that offensive line have been playing well lately. I don't, I don't expect the Packers to get out to some huge lead in this game. Um, and, you know, and I don't think Corell is going to be taken out of the game script, especially at home. So this is going to be a competitive game. Um, probably low scoring, but at the same time, I think, Crow, you know, be, and because of that, I think Corell will get a ton of touches. Okay, uh, Alfred Morris. He's not a must-start either uh, because of the possibility of the Cowboys getting into a negative game script away from home. It's probably not likely, but we have to address that possibility of, you know, of a negative game script and reduce our risk as much as possible in the playoffs. So, you know, Morris, obviously, he has upside. We saw what he did last week. Um, If the Cowboys can't get control of this game, he can get some, you know, some real volume like he saw last week against the Redskins. So, you know, Dallas is favored by four and a half points in New York. Um, So it's a safer bet that Morris should be able to get a decent workload this week. Okay, um, moving on to wide receiver starts. I'm uh, going to start with Larry Fitzgerald. Outside of his game against Jalen Ramsey, Larry, he's played tremendously at home this season. This week, he gets Tennessee. Uh, we all know their secondary isn't that great. Uh, they've specifically allowed the fourth most fantasy points to slot wide receivers this year. They've given up the fourth most over the last four games as well. So, you know, he's averaging 10 targets over the last five games. Uh, you know, so I'm not getting cute during the playoffs and benching him for my, you know, my new shiny player. Um, you know, we have yet to see that second half decline that we saw last year from Larry. So I'm keep I'm going to roll with him. Uh, AJ Green, you're obviously starting AJ Green. You know, I probably shouldn't even be talking about him, but I just want to point out that he has a he has a a real like awesome matchup this week. He's going to see a lot of Kyle Fuller, you know, and who's been really bad this year. He's been Chicago's worst corner by far. Um, and the Bears, they've they've allowed the fourth most fantasy points to wide receivers lining up on his side of the field. So I'm expecting Green to have a a big day. Okay, uh, Josh Gordon, I was hesitant. On Gordon's return, but I know what I saw last week. Gordon's back. He's the new number one wide receiver for the Browns. Corey Coleman didn't catch a single ball last week in Gordon's uh, debut this year, so we know that the Browns made a real effort to get Gordon the Rock uh, with 11 targets last week. So Gordon, you know, he was lining up all over the place last week. He didn't really line up in one particular spot or two. Um, you know, he was lined up in the slot as well. Um, you know, against the Chargers last week. And, you know, this week he'll have an advantage wherever he lines up against this banged-up Packers secondary. Kevin King was placed on IR. Uh, Devin House might not play either. You know, it's going to leave the perimeter a place where Gordon can really take advantage. These corners were already struggling. They were giving up uh, .41 and .40 fantasy points per route run, which is not good. Um, So I can't imagine that whoever ends up replacing these guys will be any good. So uh, I'm going to get Gordon in my lineup this week for sure. Okay, Des Bryant, um, he's been hit or miss all season, but he should produce against the Giants. You know, they're without their top corner, Janoris Jenkins, you know, who has shut down Bryant in the past. Uh, so with him on IR, Bryant, he should be able to take advantage of this mismatch, um, you know, whether he lines up against Ross Cockrell, you know, who's backing up, who's backing up Janoris Jenkins or Eli Apple, who's been horrible all year. 
Okay. Uh, moving on to Marvin Jones and Golden Tate. You got to keep an eye on Matt Stafford's hand, hand injury. Um, you know, he's, you know, there's still a possibility to, I mean, this is a Friday now, and there's still a possibility, you know, they're talking about him possibly not playing. Um, so, you know, it really depends. Apparently, he's been throwing the ball in practice, so he's been okay, but. You know, apparently the coaches aren't really willing to uh, give up the news that, hey, like he's going to play this week. So got to monitor that. Um, so Jones and Tate, they're great starts this week against a very weak Bucks secondary. You know, but if Stafford doesn't play, I wouldn't start either if I had another decent option. Uh, assuming Stafford's okay, you know, the Bucks have have allowed production to wide receivers regardless of where they lined up. And all their corners are allowing fantasy production. So, you know, Sta- if Stafford plays and he's good, he should be able to, to pick up pick apart this secondary, to be honest. Okay, I'm going to keep rolling with Marquise Lee. Uh, he's primarily lining up on the outside. Uh, he's going to see both Byron Maxwell and Shaq Griffin. Uh, Maxwell, you know, he was brought in to replace Richard Sherman, but he's given up some big plays since he since he joined. Um, he did have the interception last week, but didn't have a great game overall. Over the last four games, the Seahawks have been giving up the six most fantasy points to receivers lining up on his uh, side of the field, which is the right side of the field, um, you know, from the offensive perspective. And that's where Lee lines up on a majority of his routes. And, you know, Marquise Lee, he's been a target hog. He's averaging... 11 targets per game in four of the last five. I'm not counting the Patrick Peterson game. Um, and that volume makes me confident in him this week. So I'm going to continue rolling with him. Okay, uh, Tyreek Hill. He's been up and down all season, no doubt. Last week, he had an amazing game against the Jets. So, you know, since he's been up and down every other week, maybe we should expect a dud game from him this week, right? Probably not. He's going up against the Raiders. The Raiders have given up nine 40-plus yard passing plays this year, which is right near the top of the league. Um, since 2016, Hill you know, leads the NFL in 50-plus yard touchdowns with like 10. Um, that sounds like a match that I'm willing to bet on this week with Hill in my lineup. So these Oakland corners, they have been playing a little bit better lately on the perimeter, but you know, David Amerson, you know, on that right side from the offense's perspective, he's given up a ton of production to his side of the field. So let's hope that the Chiefs could exploit that matchup. Um, not only that side of the field, but the Raiders have also given up the second most fantasy points to wide receivers lining up in the slot over the last four weeks. So, you know, he'll, he doesn't spend a majority of his time in any particular wide receiver position. So he should be able to catch his defense off guard at some point on Sunday. Okay. Sterling Shepard. Eli's back, so Shepard should be as well. Shepard was nursing a hamstring injury earlier in the week, so monitor that. He did make it back to practice, but, you know, just make sure that he's playing this week. Um, And if he does play, he should take advantage of the fact that Orlando Skandrick is out. Not that Skandrick was playing particularly well anyway against the slot receivers, but, you know, if you look at what Dallas was doing against the slot he was, they were allowing the ninth most fantasy points over the last four games to the position. So, you know, Shepard should, should see his, you know, close to double-digit targets as he's been seeing with Manning. So he's going to be in my lineup this week, assuming he's good to go. Okay, Michael Crabtree, one of my favorite plays this week. You know, he just has a dream matchup. You know, he's usually had his production limited by Marcus Peters historically, but with Peters suspended by the Chiefs this week, Crabtree should get a ton of work. Um, you know, not only that, but it looks like Amari Cooper is not going to play in this game. So Crabtree should see even more work. 
So if you think Marshawn Lynch is the goal line option for the Raiders, think again. This is more anecdotal than anything, but this is more me watching you know, the Raiders play. Uh, but whenever I see the Raiders like first and goal from the one or two yard line, the play isn't like you know up the gut with Marshawn. It's either like a back shoulder fade, you know, back shoulder play, or a fade to Crabtree. And then they'll run it on second down if that failed. Um, and if that and that second down run fails, they'll just try Crabtree again. So <laughs> I digress here. But, you know, the Chiefs, they're, they're just, they aren't sure how much Darrell Revis will play this week. You know, whoever lines up on the perimeter will be taken advantage of, you know, without Marcus Peters. So, you know, we saw what Mark, Robbie Anderson and Jermaine Curtis did to them last week, and that was with Peters on the field. You know, start Crabtree with confidence against this defense. They're giving up near nearly the most fantasy points to wide receivers with Marcus Peters on the field, depending on your score format. So, you know, this is I can't I can't find a reason why, you know, I I wouldn't start Crabtree this week. It's just guaranteed. Did I just guarantee this? He's gonna have zero points this week now. Okay. Uh Adam Thielen. If, so he is moving a little, I just want to talk about his role a little bit. So, you know, slot receivers usually have better matchups than outside receivers. Um, Jarius Wright, you know, he's impressing coaches. He's making his way in as the number three wide receiver for the Vikings. Did I just say the Vikings? The Minnesota Vikings? The Vikings? Um, <laughs> my goodness. Um, so, he, you know, Jarius Wright, he's been playing more of the slot with Thielen playing more on the outside than he has all season. Last week, in week 13, Thielen only ran 34% of his routes from the slot. That's a season low. You know, so Thielen has primarily run routes from the slot position all year, but by moving to the outside, there are going to be a couple of likely outcomes from him going forward. So one of that is that he's going to draw tougher matchups. We all want him to go up against the Panthers team this week that has given up the most fantasy points to slot wide receivers over the last four weeks, but he won't see as much time there. Instead, he's going to see a lot of Daryl Worley, who contributed to the Panthers giving up the least amount of fantasy points to his side of the field. So the positive side of this change is that Thielen will be in position for bigger plays since slot wide receivers usually run short to intermediate patterns. You know, I'm not worried about the change, honestly, if I'm a Thielen owner, but it should be noted as to how we think of him going forward. By the way, Diggs has a great matchup against James Bradbury, and Thielen should see some of him as well this week, should see some in the slot. Um, and with Thielen, you know, he's going to move all around the formation. So I'm starting him this week to take advantage of the struggling Panthers secondary as a whole. Um, uh, and Mike Clay was the one who noted on that Thielen's role change, so thanks to him on that. Okay, moving on to Marquise Goodwin. Okay, so with Marquise Goodwin, Houston, they've given up a ton of fantasy points to wide receivers, and it feels like they haven't lately, but that's because they went up against Baltimore and Arizona the last two weeks. Um, the four weeks before, that was brutal. They gave up huge games to Tyler Lockett, Paul Richardson, T.Y. Hilton, Robert Woods. Um, even Sammy Watkins got in on the action that week. Larry Fitzgerald. So Goodwin, you know, he's good at long bomb too, right? So they've given up the f- most 40-plus passing yard games this season. So I'm starting Goodwin this week, and, you know, he should give you a solid floor, and he provides that upside as well. Okay, moving on to desperate wide receiver starts. Going to start with Danny Amendola. With Rob Gronkowski out this week, Amendola, he becomes, you know, more of a viable option. Uh, if you take a look at week five, when Gronk missed that Thursday night football game against the Bucks, Amendola, he played a season high in snaps, ran a season high in routes. He caught a season high eight balls for 77 yards. So Amendola, he should have that short to intermediate, you know, middle of the field role with Gronk out this week. And he's a decent play if you don't have too many options at wide receiver. Okay, uh, Sammy Watkins, don't look now. But Sammy Watkins, he's caught a touchdown in four of his last five games coming out of their bye week. 
um, including two touchdowns in the last two games without Robert Woods. He saw nine targets in week 12. He only saw four targets in a game where Patrick Peterson shadowed him on 85% of his routes. So, you know, last week in week 13. So I expect that to shoot back up this week with Ronald Darby on him most of the game. You know, Darby hasn't played too well since he came back from injury. He contributed to giving up the 13th most fantasy points to wide receivers, lining up on his side of the field. Uh, For whatever reason, he's being targeted on nearly a third of every route run against him, which is kind of crazy. So Watkins should be able to see some work in this game. Um, Also, you know, with Patrick Robinson on Cooper Cup, more targets might need to flow Watkins' way uh, because that's a tough matchup for Cooper Cup. Okay, uh, moving on to D.D. Westbrook. Uh, he's played well uh, since being activated. He's he's making a bit of a transition to the perimeter rather than running most of his slots, uh, routes from the slot like he was initially doing. He caught six passes in each of the last two games, so, you know, and should see some of Byron Maxwell, who's been giving up, you know, some fantasy points to wide receivers since he became a Seahawk. So the Seahawks are giving up the six most fantasy points to wide receivers on his side of the field currently. Shaq Griffin has been doing a decent job lately on his side of the field. But I think Westbrook is a good PPR play, safe one. Um, he has the talent to go deep as well to provide some upside. So he, he's a decent play this week. Okay. Um, and, you know, obviously more of a desperate play. But, you know, out of the desperation plays, he's not a bad one. Just want to qualify that for some reason. Um, <laughs> Kenny Galladay. He played on a season-high 76% of snaps last week against Baltimore. So expect him to play a ton against the Buck Week secondary this week. He moves all around the formation, uh, you know, and should be able to take advantage of any of the subpar corners for a big play. Galladay, he's a pure ceiling play. He offers no floor, although he's been, you know, kind of getting it done, uh, you know, on limited volume. Um, He's caught only two passes in each of the last four games. But he's average, check this out, 27.6 yards per catch over that span. That's that's awesome. I mean, he's a big play receiver. He just needs some volume to become a huge threat. Um, I can't wait until that happens. Uh, you know, if I'm a, somebody with a bench spot that I'm not using, I'll pick up Galladay. You know, if Golden Tate or Marvin Jones were to go down, I think Galladay becomes um, an instant wide receiver too. Okay, uh, Mike Wallace. He's now the number one wide receiver for the Ravens. Oh, by the way, for Kenny Galladay, just make sure that uh, Matt Stafford plays this week. Okay, Mike Wallace. Uh, he's now the number one wide receiver for the Ravens. It's ugly, but it's true. Macklin, he's underperformed or has been hurt this entire season. He's hard to trust. Um, there isn't anything about Wallace that will tell you that he's a good start, but you know he's not getting consistent targets. He can get a six to eight targets or so in a game. He's not consistently producing yardage. You know, but he'll get touchdowns. When he's not getting touchdowns, he'll give you like a 100-yard game like he did last week. You can't really put your finger on it. So he's a desperation play because of that. Now, with that said, the Steelers, Steelers secondary, they've struggled without Joe Hayden in the lineup. Um, and they've been exposed over the last couple of weeks. So, you know, and especially where Joe Hayden was lining up. Cody Sensabaugh, he got destroyed by A.J. Green last week. And he got benched in that second half. No word on who will be starting a left corner this week, but Wallace can probably do some work against the secondary. The Ravens haven't really needed to throw the ball much over the last few weeks, but the, you know this being a more competitive game leads me to believe the volume should be there uh, in, in the passing game. Jeremy Macklin, he didn't practice on Thursday, uh, but he did practice today, or he is practicing today, so uh, we'll see what his status is uh, for Sunday. Obviously, if Macklin doesn't play, it's a little bit of an upgrade for Wallace. Okay, uh, Stefan Diggs, 
he's really disappointed lately. He's a tough start, um, you know. But if you believe in the talent, which is definitely there, uh, you know, starting this week against James Bradbury, you know, who's given up the a ton of fantasy points lately. You know, the Panthers they they've they've given up the most fantasy points to wide receivers lining up on his side of the field, and that's where Diggs runs the majority of his routes from. Uh, we thought Diggs was going to get it done against Atlanta without True Font last week, but the Falcons did a good job against him. They really spread the ball around in Minnesota last week. So with Bradbury struggling and being targeted like he is, I would categorize Diggs as an upside play this week. Uh, but, you know, if you're looking for that solid floor, he probably won't give it to you. Martavis Bryant. With uh, Juju Smith-Schuster out this week, he's suspended. Uh, Bryant, he should get a little boost in target. Slight. Don't expect some, anything crazy. But um, he's had almost an identical stat line between weeks 12 and 13. He caught four of six targets for 40 yards. Uh, but he did catch a touchdown when Juju missed uh, with the week 12 game. So that's something to note. Baltimore secondary, they're undermanned right now without Jimmy Smith. Uh, Brandon Carr, he's been okay on his side of the field. With the Steelers at home, Bryant could have a decent game. Okay, uh, Trent Taylor. Jimmy Garoppolo went 14 for 14 when targeting Marquise Goodwin and Trent Taylor, their slot guy. Uh, Taylor caught all six of his targets. He's a decent PPR option uh, with Jimmy G moving this offense pretty well uh, last week. He led five scoring drives, none of them being touchdowns, but he did control and move the offense. So that's a good sign. Uh, Taylor, he's a talented receiver with good hands. He can be Jimmy's short to intermediate possession option. Um, you know, Kareem Jackson in, on Houston, he's done a decent job against slot corners. But the Texans are in the middle of the pack as far as giving up fantasy points uh, to that position. So I wouldn't be too worried about the matchup for Taylor. Okay, a few guys to temper your expectations on. Devin Funches is one of them. Uh, he saved fantasy owners last week with a touchdown in garbage time. It'll be hard to depend on that this week in a tough matchup against Xavier Rhodes. There's no doubt Rhodes had a bad game against Marvin Jones on Turkey Day, but you can't help but downgrade Funches this week when you look at Rhodes' body of work. Going into week 14, uh, Rhodes is allowing you know, uh, 0.25 fantasy points per route run against him, which is pretty good. Um, but for some context, before that game against the Lions, when he went up against Marvin Jones, he was only averaging 0.19 fantasy points per route run. So, you know, Funches, he's a big receiver who can reach up and catch a touchdown. So it's hard to bench the guy, but it, it, I'll be looking to see if I have another option in a similar tier if possible. Okay, uh, Cooper Cup. He's Goff's guy right now with Robert Woods out, but hopefully, you know, we see a little bit more volume and production out of him that we saw, than we saw last week in a good matchup against the Cardinals. Um, the expectation was close at 10 targets again, but it didn't happen. In a more competitive game this week against the Eagles, Cup should see some volume. However, he is going up against Patrick Robinson, who has been allowing the second-least fantasy points to slot wide receivers this season. He's been balling. He shut down some good slot receivers this season. So, you know, and Cup, it's possible that he becomes the latest on that list. I would still play him in PPR in the hopes for some volume um, if I don't have any other options. Uh, Robbie Anderson, Jermaine Curse, um, as bad as the Broncos' defense has been this year, Compared to their normal selves, they've been pretty solid against wide receivers, um, outside of whoever's going up against Bradley Roby. Talib has done a good job uh, on his side of the field, so has Chris Harris in the slot. Uh, Robbie Anderson is limited. You know, he was limited in practice on Thursday. Um, you know, it's yet to be determined determine what his st- uh, 
Friday practice status is. Um, but, you know, he did have a hamstring injury in practice. So keep an eye out on that. It's not a good sign for Anderson this week. Assuming he plays, he doesn't move around the formation enough, um, but only plays on Roby's side about 29% of the time. So, you know, it would it would be smart of, to have him play a little bit more on that side if possible in this game to take advantage of that matchup and stay away from Chris Harris and uh, and Aqib Tlaib. Um, so Jermaine Curse, he's been playing well, you know, more slot receiver since Jeremy Curley went out with that suspension. So he has a tough matchup with Chris Harris. So I'm personally trying to find another option for both of these guys, especially Curse, who's been up and down all season. Um, I did talk more about, you know, Jermaine Curse earlier this week in the Waiver Wire podcast. So check that out if you want more info, info on him. Um, you know, it's definitely tough to bench Robbie if he plays. He's been on fire. Um, so I guess I'm okay playing him, but, you know, I don't have such high expectations, you know, with this hamstring injury that popped up in the middle of the week, plus a tough matchup. I don't know. If I have a good option, I might go in that direction. Okay. Doug Baldwin, he draws another tough matchup this week. He's going up against, you know, maybe Aaron Colvin, you know, who's been their main slot guy and who's been great against live receivers this year. Um, it's also possible, though, that Jalen Ramsey shadows him. Uh, we, we saw that Jalen Ramsey shadowed Larry Fitzgerald. Um, shadow, shadow corners rarely cover the slot, but it seems Ramsey is an exception. He's a baller. He'll play anywhere, so it's possible. Um, I'm looking to avoid Baldwin this week, and I'm only going to bench him, though, if I have another decent option. I can't afford, you know, I just can't afford for Baldwin to get only a few points in the fantasy playoffs. I'm going to need some production out of that position this week. Uh, Mike Evans... Darius Slay is expected to shadow Evans this week, so it's going to be a tough matchup. You know, Mike Evans is already underperforming. He only saw six targets last week in what should have been a great spot against the Packers. So the rapport right now isn't quite there, I guess, between him and Jameis, Jameis, along with, you know, Slay shadowing Evans. It'll be hard to expect Evans to produce wide receiver one numbers this week. So uh, he's a tough bench, there's no doubt. Jameis and Crowder. He's been on, on the money lately. Um, even with this bad game last week, he still caught five or seven targets for 67 yards. Uh, he's still the number one wide receiver for the Redskins. He's going to have a tough matchup this week against the Chargers. Um, Desmond King, he doesn't get a lot of love, but he's been fantastic in the slot this year, uh, giving up the third least fantasy points to slot wide receivers. But, however, you know if you go over you know their game log and to see who which slot corners actually faced, you know, Jarvis Landry had some success. Um... Alan Hearns had some success, and outside of that, they haven't really faced quality slot guys, so I think Crowder can overcome this matchup, um, you know, so I'm not frantically looking for another option. You have to think the Redskins will be under a lot of pressure from San Diego's pass rush, so Crowder should be the number one read when Kirk has to get the ball out quick. Okay, here are some guys I'm sitting, um, you know, and obviously these are just the guys who I don't prefer this week. You obviously might have might not have a choice to sit some of these guys in deeper leagues especially. So, you know, just wanted to say that before I mention some of these guys' names. So Demarius Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, there's bad vibes right now in this offense. They're in shambles. They can hardly keep drives alive. And I hate benching these guys because they're good. They're good quality players, but... In that offense, we just can't trust them in the first week of our fantasy playoffs. Demarius Thomas, they've you know, he's seen eight and ten targets over the last two weeks, but he has a total of forty-five yards. Uh, Sanders, similar, six and seven targets over the last two, has a total of twenty-three yards over those two games. I mean, come on. So you know, and by the way, these games were against Miami and Oakland, so you know, real be- beatable matchup. So I'm trying to find another option this week. Dontrell Inman, 
we thought he was okay, you know, to trust, but he didn't get it done last week against the 49ers. The Bears hardly ran, you know, you know, 35 plays last week. Uh, so, so he's a little hard to trust in that offense right now. You know, uh, that's 40, 35 plays. That's just not going to get it done for fantasy purposes. Inman will likely see a lot of William Jackson the third, who played great in his time lined up against Antonio Brown last week and even earlier this past week. I mean, I'm sorry, this past year. Earlier this year, William Jackson the third basically shut down Antonio Brown. Uh, interesting. So, no thanks for Inman. I'm going to try to find another option. Josh Doxson. We're really hanging our hat on late touchdowns from Josh Doxson this year. He's totaled 54 yards over the last two weeks. Touchdown dependent guys gets you in trouble. You know, and if you don't have any other options, I get it. You know, touchdowns are touchdowns. But this week, he's going up against Casey Hayward. So, I'm going to try to find another option, to be honest. Corey Coleman. You know, he was a hot waiver wire ad a couple weeks ago. You know, we didn't know that Gordon was going to come out like he did. But with Josh Gordon seeing 11 targets in his first game back, you know, cashless Coleman relegated to the second, third, or even fourth option behind David Njoku and Duke Johnson. It'll be hard to trust Coleman in the playoffs. Maybe with a week under their belt, they try to distribute the targets a bit more to use Coleman's talent because he is a first-round talent. Um, you know, we just don't know that it's going to happen. To have him in our lineups this week is a real gamble. He's a great player. He can definitely go off, but it's just a little bit of a gamble this week. Okay, Jordan Howard. Oh, how far we have come. I think most of you can play Howard, you know, but I'll, I'll put him in this, in this you know, section because that's where I'm leaning the most. You just can't trust Howard right now. He's had, he hasn't had more than 15 carries in the last four weeks since the Bears' bye week. He went over 54 yards just once. The only game that he didn't was against the Lions. You know, and in games like the one, you know, against the 49ers last week where you would expect the Bears to give Howard 20-plus carries, he only had 13 carries for 38 yards. How can we trust Howard in the first week of the playoffs when he's not involved in the passing game as well? If the Bengals go up at home, forget about Howard even being on the field. Because of that possibility, it'll be hard for me to start Howard, you know, assuming I have other options. There's no doubt that he can blow up any week when you're least expecting it, but I don't know if I want to take that chance in the playoffs. Okay, Kareem Hunt, similar situation. Um, another running back that might be sitting during playoff time. If he goes off this week, he goes off. But the real question is, can I trust him you know, to get it done for me in a week where I have to win no matter what? Um, and the answer for me, honestly, is probably not. He's had some great matchups lately, and for whatever reason, whether it was lack of touches, lack of first-half usage, his own ineffectiveness, whatever, play calling, he just hasn't get, gotten it done. Um, this is a good matchup for him, no doubt, against Oakland, but I'll be looking for another option if I have someone. That's a huge if, so if I don't have someone who's getting at least 15 to 20 touches, I'll still probably play Hunt. Okay, Jamal Williams. This obviously depends on the Aaron Jones situation. Uh, we need to know more about this backfield before we can start either guy. Williams, he's been getting it done with Aaron Jones out, and even with Jones back last week, you know, he got it done. Jones only saw two touches, with one of them being the game-winning touchdown in overtime. You have to think that Jones wouldn't be too involved in his first game back anyway, so the obvious question now is, will Jones be more involved? How involved will he be? Will Jamal Williams even get the start? Will this be a timeshare? And if we don't get any answers to this question, I'm personally sitting Williams this week. There's no doubt that there's a possibility of Williams getting the vast majority of touches again, but we just don't know. And we can only assume what the situation is if we don't get word from the Packers coaching staff giving us clues about how the backfield will shake out this week. I don't know. 
keep an eye on the situation. You know, Williams can easily move from the sit section of this podcast to the start section, you know, depending on what they say. And I can say the same for Aaron Jones, honestly, as well. So you just got to stay tuned. Okay, DeMarco Murray, Derrick Henry. Can we trust either of these guys right now? Probably not. Derrick Henry, he had another long touchdown when the Titans were basically in kneel-down mode, you know, this past week. Other than that, what are you hanging your hat on? This is a complete timeshare between the two. So if I can find another option, I'll be looking at that direction. I'm not going to hang my hat on goal line touchdowns either. Okay, Alex Collins. Uh, he's been playing great, but um, he's more, uh, you know, he's more of a temper expectations than a straight-up bench. I'm all about reducing risk in my lineup as much as possible in the playoffs. You know, is there a possibility that the Ravens get into a negative game script against the Steelers in Pittsburgh? Probably. Um, Collins, he should be able to get a decent workload in the first half, but the possibility of his workload being reduced in the second half is still there. So if you have solid pieces in your lineup otherwise or don't have any other options, he's an okay start with the hopes that with the Ravens defense playing well, the game can stay close enough for Collins to maintain his role throughout. But, you know, no Jimmy Smith, Steelers might be able to score, and they might have to, you know, use Buck Allen and Danny Woodhead in the passing game uh, to make their way back in. So that's all I got for this week. Uh, You know, if you want some updates up until game time, you know, follow Upper Hand Fantasy on Instagram. The stories, you know, kind of keep you updated throughout. Um, I'm on Twitter as well at Faraz Siddiqui, F A R A Z S I D D I Q I, on Twitter, Upper Hand FFB. And, you know, the easiest way to get to me for some start sit questions or whatever you guys have is on Instagram. Just DM me at Upper Hand Fantasy. Uh, so, yeah, that's all I had. Guys, good luck this week. It's playoff time. I know it's crunch time. And listen, if things don't go the way that you thought it was going to go, that's football. That's why we play. Um, well, that's why they play. <laughs> we don't play. We play fantasy football. But, you know, good luck. I hope it goes well for you. I hope you can move on to week 15. So let's see what happens and uh, enjoy the games this week. Bye-bye.